The scripture reading this morning is taken from the book of Joshua, chapter 8, verses 30 to 35. The book of Joshua, chapter 8, verses 30 to 35. And let me read for this. Then Joshua built on Mount Ebel an altar to the Lord, the God of Israel, as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded the Israelites. He built it according to what is written in the book of the Lord of Moses, an altar of uncut stones on which no iron tooth had been used. On it they offered to the Lord burnt offerings and sacrificed fellowship offerings. There, in the presence of the Israelites, Joshua wrote on stones a copy of the Lord of Moses. All the Israelites with their elders, officials and judges were standing on both sides of the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, facing the Levitical priests who carry it. Both the foreigners living among them and the native-born were there. Half of the people stood in front of Mount Gerizim and half of them in front of Mount Ebel, as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had formerly commanded when he gave instructions to bless the people of Israel. Afterward, Joshua read all the words of the Lord, the blessings and the curses, just as it is written in the book of the Lord. There was not a word of all that Moses had commanded that Joshua did not read to the whole assembly of Israel, including the women and children and the foreigners who live among them. This is the word of the Lord. And now we shall invite Reverend Lenita Tiong to preach sermon entitled uh, Renew Church. Thank you, Reverend Gabriel. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, blessed New Year. And we want to welcome the children uh, who are worshipping with us this morning. Uh, this is something new also. Uh, from now onwards, every first Sunday of the month, the children will not be in Sunday school, but will be here with us uh, for worship. Uh, earlier on, Reverend Gabriel um, introduced some of the uh, visitors. I want to again acknowledge in our presence, Elvin and Siang Yung. Uh, only Elvin stood up. Maybe you want to stand up. And both of you, uh, they are back from Australia. to, And then I think in two weeks' time, uh, they're going to celebrate their marriage. Uh, they were married um, a few years ago and uh, back here to celebrate their marriage. Would you like to stand that we can also congratulate and welcome both of you? Okay, uh, Elvin, Elvin Chong. And of course, Gui uh, Hee and David. Gui uh, Hee, I won't say an old friend, right? I'll say a long-time friend. Uh, so good to see both of you uh, back from uh, US and then worshipping with us. First time to FMC? Yes, okay, so we welcome both of you again. A very special sister in Christ. Uh, and so uh, we're just so glad that on this first day of the new year, first Sunday morning, where are we? We're in God's house. Uh, earlier on this morning at the 8 a.m. service, I'm just so thankful, aren't you? Uh, that we are back here able to worship in peace and comfort with our voices, with our lives, with our brothers and sisters together to worship the Lord. And so let us turn to God in prayer. Let us pray. Gracious God, Heavenly Father, we are thankful to you 
that on this first day of this brand new year, we are mindful, God, we're reminded of your love, of your grace, and of your faithfulness. Not only is your faithfulness new every morning, but Father, as we begin a new year, we begin with excitement and hope and joy, with much expectation that as we begin the year, we begin it with you. You have seen us through the last three years with pandemic and with endemic, with all kinds of changes and turbulent times. But Father, you have seen us through. And so as individuals, as families, and as spiritual families, as brothers and sisters in your family, we come before you this morning, and as we have sung, this is my Father's well. Why should I be afraid? You are King, you are Lord. And we have more than 10,000 reasons to praise you, to thank you. And so now as we turn to your word, Father, we ask that you will open our eyes, our ears, and our hearts. The Lord, as we see you, as we hear you, we will keep your words in our lives and in our hearts. And so we commit this time to you, thanking you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I begin with this picture, and I like to ask only the children, and so adults, please uh, refrain from answering the question. Children, what picture is this? Who is that man? Anyone? Any children can answer this question? Who is that man? Do I hear something? Mo? Moses? Anyone? What is he doing? Children, you can shout out your answers. What is Moses doing? Some mummies are pointing. No? No answer? What is Moses doing? Alright, adults, any adults can give the answer. I'm sure adults can, right? What is Moses doing? Crossing the Red Sea. Alright, and so we all know Moses was tasked by the Lord to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt, crossing the Red Sea, spending 40 years in the wilderness. And then, and, uh, before Moses died, he handed the leadership over to a new guy. And what's the name of the new guy? Now adults can answer. Who's the guy in red? Anyone? Joshua, alright And then the four guys in white They are the Levites, okay They were priests And then they are carrying the Ark of the Covenant Going to cross, not the Red Sea The Sarat River No, what river is that? The Jordan River Alright, good, you all know the story Okay, and so after Moses, Joshua was tasked to lead the people across the Jordan River Whenever I think of Joshua, I felt that he had a harder job Moses' job was easier, he raised his hands Wait for the parting of the Red Sea, then he crossed But Joshua had to make sure that the priests put their feet on the water 
Now that takes more courage, isn't it? Once the feet touches the water, then only God would part the waters of the Jordan River. And so Joshua then led people across the Jordan River. And then in Joshua chapter 5 and 6, he led the people to do something again that's so difficult, that's so unusual. They marched around the city of Jericho. How many times? Uh, we always get this one wrong, huh? Okay. One time a day for six days, silently, not a sound. And then on the seventh day, how many times? Seven times. And on the last time, shout. And then the walls came crumbling down. What a funny way to fight battles, isn't it? Okay, and then that's chapter 5 and 6. Now, if we have forgotten, uh, parents, if you want to reread the story for your children, please do so later. All right, and then they won the battle. The first battle they won. And then, among them, just one person, Achan, just one person sinned. And because of that, the second battle they lost. They attacked the city of Ai and they lost. And that's found in Joshua chapter 7. At the beginning of chapter 8, now after the uh, issue with Achan was sorted out, at the beginning of chapter 8, they went and fought against the city of Ai and the Lord gave them victory. And so as we come to the end of chapter 8, we can imagine Joshua and the people of Israel all ready to conquer the land. This is the beginning of a new chapter in the life of the nation. And so what should they be doing? They should be planning. They should be strategizing. They should be gathering the soldiers together and say, Now, the next battle, the next city, what are we going to do? Was that what Joshua did? What Joshua did was very, very different. Now, I felt that I wanted to speak from this chapter, this particular passage, because I feel that we are like very much like the people of Israel. Just a few days ago, my helper Karen asked me, how long have we stayed in this parsonage? And we stopped and we paused and we said, exactly three years. We moved here on the December 29, 2019. So it was exactly three years that we moved here. And we look at each other and we say, thank God. So much has happened in the last three years. I came here, 20, I mean, started 2020, only for two and a half months. And then we had MCO. We didn't understand or we didn't know what does MCO mean. And what about SOP? The only SOP I know is Sarawak Oil Palm. <laughs> Right now, SOP, everybody understand. And I remember struggling through the first few months of the MCO. I kept telling our lay leaders, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do. How can I preach to an empty church? This morning, the church, the pews are filled with people. This is the kind of church that I like. Not a totally empty church. And during that time when I said, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do, the Lord gave me Joshua chapter 3, verse 4, where he says, Follow him. 
go along the way that you have never been before. That was exactly that what we did. I don't know what is live streaming, Alex. I just kept standing at the back and said, look here, look here. I can't talk to people by looking straight ahead. I need to look at people. And then we wave at the TV, greeting people. I felt so, so unusual, so silly. Learning about Zoom, learning about my Sajatra. And so today I felt that we have crossed the Jordan River ready to move on to a new year, ready to fight battles. And so it's a very natural thing. Together, the leaders, we have a new LCEC, together them and start planning. Okay, let's strategize, let's plan, let's do this, let's do that. And the Lord reminded me what Joshua did. In verse 30 of chapter 8, after winning two battles, losing one, and before fighting more battles, this is what Joshua did. The first thing that he did was he built an altar to the Lord. And then here it's emphasised, what is the altar like? The altar is built with uncut stones, where no iron tool, meaning no human hands have touched, but then they built it so that the people can then offer to the Lord burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. Instead of planning and strategizing, instead of gathering his soldiers and saying, now, what, how have we failed? What's our strength? What's our weaknesses? Let's fight our next battle. Let's prepare for it. No. Joshua built an altar to worship the Lord. When we talk about worship, very often we think about Sunday worship service or we think about our praise and worship and the songs that we sing. My friends, building an altar, worshipping God is something that happens in our own lives. As we begin the new year, we're all excited, isn't it? Things are opening up, travel, borders open, work, business. Great potential lets us plan to do what we want to do. And I think many of us will be like that. But let's get our priorities right. Like what Joshua did. The first thing he did was building an altar so that he and the people can worship God. And so my dear friends, as we begin a new year, let's get our priorities right. First thing first, worship first. Like I said, worship is not about Sunday worship service. Yes, it also includes our small group meetings, our fellowship meeting, our prayer meeting, where we gather as a community to worship. But I think first thing first is worship in your own lives. What is your priority? Now we have children amongst us and in two days' time, you're back to school. First thing you do when you wake up in the morning, children, Brush your teeth, wash your face, put on your school uniform, grab your bags, rush out of the house, eat breakfast in the car. As adults, first thing we do when we get up, check our handphones maybe, and get ready to get out of the house. But can I encourage you, friends? 
first thing we do when we get up, first thing in the morning, let's get our worship right. Let's spend time worshipping God, thanking Him. And that's why we chose the hymn, This is My Father's World, to remind us you and I, we are in this world. Our Father watches over us. First thing first, let's worship Him. First thing in the morning. Let's worship Him in all situations at all times. It's not only Sunday worship service. Sunday is a good time to rest, isn't it? For some of us working six days a week, Sunday is the best day to just sleep in and skip church. Anywhere we're on YouTube, we can always watch it later. But friends, as we move on into the new year, as your pastor, I want to encourage you to get our priorities right. Let's spend time worshipping God individually and as a community. Bishop Jaya was here last Sunday preaching on our Christmas Day service. He was also in Cebu in November for our annual conference. And I remember in, uh, in one of his sermons, he talked about getting our first priority right. And he used the illustration of, you know, you have, uh, you know, well, uh, wear shirts and blouses with buttons. You need to get your first button right. Parents, when you teach your children to button their shirts or their blouses, the important thing is the first button, isn't it? You get that one wrong, the whole thing will be wrong. First thing first, let's get our worship right. Then the second thing about what Joshua did, instead of you know planning and getting ready for battle, the second thing that he did, in the presence of the Israelites, what did Joshua do? He wrote on stones, a copy of the law. Now, listen or read it carefully. It's a copy, meaning that it's already there. Remember, Moses went up the mountain. He had the, the, the tablets of the law. It's already there. So why did Joshua need to write it again? Because he wanted the people to see. And so in the presence of the Israelite, he wrote. Verse 34, afterward, Joshua read, all the words of the law. I've often stressed that every single word in the Bible is important. There are emphasis, all the words of the law, the blessings as well as the curses. For many of us, we just want to read the blessings, right? Let's forget the curses. Let's talk about God's love. Let's forget about God's judgment, God's justice. But here we see that Joshua reading all the words of the law. And then, verse 35, emphasized, there, is, there was not a word of all that Moses had commanded that Joshua did not read to the whole assembly of Israel. And that's enough, full stop. But no, if you look at the word, it says, including the women and children. Why is there a need to emphasize that? And then not only that, it doesn't end there, right? It goes on to say even the foreigners who live among them. And so the word 
the law of Moses was so important to the people of the Israelites or people of Israel. And so equally, it needs to be important in our lives. In this pandemic season, so many of us have switched over from the hard copy Bible to now the digital Bibles. So few of us now come to church with a hard copy of the Bible, isn't it? And let me ask you, where's your hard copy of the Bible? At home. Can we still find it? Go home today, look for it. Turn to Joshua chapter 1. Read it until chapter 8. And find out and read about it, what Joshua did. Friends, I cannot emphasize enough the importance of God's word. If you go back to Joshua chapter 1, remember Joshua chapter 1, we always talk about uh, God's word to Joshua, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. We love that part. Whenever we face um, a, a huge task, we love those verses. Joshua chapter 1 verse 6 and verse 9 Be strong and courageous Go back and read that passage again Chapters, uh, Verse 6, be strong Verse 9, be strong What's, what's 7 and 8? Uh, 7 and 8 reads Be strong and courageous Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful where you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. To be strong and courageous, to be strong and courageous in the middle is God's word. And so as we begin a new year, as your pastor, I want to remind you again and again the centrality and the importance of God's Word in our lives. And there are many, many Bible reading plans. Can I have the next slide? Can I have the next slide? There are many, many Bible reading plans and devotional guides that can be used as easily available. Many of us are using uh, daily living waters. Some of us are using our daily bread and you can get the digital version. And also uh, Bible Gateway, the apps on your phones. It's also very useful to get all kinds of reading plans. Sometimes I feel that we have so many choices that we, we don't know what to choose. The important things, my friends, is to read God's Word, to begin this year, make a commitment. Later on, I'll be leading you through making a covenant before the Lord as we begin the year. This is very much a John Wesley tradition. That is either the watch night service on 31st December or on 1st of January, we have this renewing of our covenant committing ourselves to live our lives fruitfully, meaningfully for this year. And so one of the things that we need to remember to revive, to renew, is the centrality of God's Word. 
And so when I was uh, uh, looking through all the different plans, reading the Bible in a year, reading the Bible in four years, reading the New Testament, Old Testament, reading it chronologically, all kinds of things. And I thought, this is very unique. I've not seen this before. Five times five times five. Very catchy, isn't it? What's that? Five minutes a day. Five days a week, Monday to Friday only. And then five ways to dig deeper into God's Word. Right, those of you who are interested later, don't do it now. Go home, Google, five times five times five, and then you will get it. Can we spare five minutes, five days a week? Of course we can. And so my encouragement to you is to re-emphasize God's word in your life. Later on, now you'll, you'll see that this morning is a bit special. We have a lot of people with white tops and ties and the, the ladies are over there. Some of you are wondering who these people are. That's our new leaders for this year and next year, our new LCEC. And at the end or before the end of the service, they will be up here to present an anthem to the Lord as a commitment. Last night during the watch night service, we installed them. And I'm sure by now you know, right? Uh, first service, you have heard the question. So second service, you, you should know the answer. The first question that I asked you last night was, whether you believe in your heart that you are led by the Spirit of God, that you are called by God. The second question, let me read for you. Will you be diligent in prayer, in the reading of the Holy Scriptures? and in other studies necessary to fulfill this office. Of all the questions that is there for the installation of the leaders, the emphasis of God's word. And so it is not just for leaders, but for all of us, my dear brothers and sisters, as we begin the year, let's get our first thing right first, worship. The second thing, God's word. Read study, meditate, reflect, keep it with you day and night and do not depart from it. And finally, in verse 33, all the Israelites with the elders, officials and judges were standing on both sides of the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord facing the Levitical priest who carried it. Both the foreigners living among them and the native-born were there. Not enough just for the judges, elders, officials and the priests to be there, but every single person. And then what? Half of them stood on, uh, in front of Mount Gerizim and the other half stood on the, in front of Mount Abel so that the Ark of the Covenant is right in the middle of the people of Israel. If you remember, when they were going through the wilderness, where was the ark? The ark was right in front, leading them as they walked through the wilderness. But now as they begin a new phase of their lives, as they settle in the promised land, where is the ark? In the middle. And so it reminded me that God needs to be at the center of all that we do. 
Very often, God is only there for Sunday. Monday to Saturday, well, He is on the shelf. But this picture reminds us God is at the centre, whether it's recreation, whether it is work, or whether it is politics and finance. God needs to be the centre of it all. And so, my dear brothers and sisters, as we begin the new year, as we talk about our theme for these four years as a renewed church, we do not want just a renewed LCEC. We want every single person to be renewed, revived, revitalized. And it's a good start at the beginning of the year. That a renewed church is renewed individuals, renewed church members. And so as we come before God later with our covenant and as we partake of the Holy Communion, I want to remind you again to look at three things in our lives for this year. Worship. Get it right. Put it first. Second, God's Word. Make a commitment. There's so many different plans for you to read God's Word. Spend your day, start your day reading God's Word. Going deeper. And then making sure that God is at the centre of all aspects of our lives. Let us pray. Father, we want to give thanks to you, God, that as we look at Joshua and the people of Israel, how God, they, instead of getting busy with plans and strategies, they got busy with getting their lives right with you. And so on this first day of the new year, we, your people, want to do the same. And so help us, Lord. I pray for my brothers and sisters here in the sanctuary as well as those at home that we would want to get our priorities right, worshipping you, reading and keeping your word and keeping you at the centre of our lives. And so, Father, as we make our commitment to you, as we come forward to receive the bread and the cup, Remind us again of your love for each one of us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray.